New York and on the new Hot 97 app. Ebro in the morning on Hot 97. This is Cassie Hawthorne from sunny California, and I listen to STMK Radio 100. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 on Facebook Live. Baby, this is what you came for Lightning strikes every time she moves And everybody's watching her But she's looking at
Hi, everybody. Let me start by saying the obvious. These aren't normal times. As we all manage our way through a pandemic unlike anything we've seen in a century, Michelle and I hope that you and your families are safe and well. If you've lost somebody to this virus, or if someone in your life is sick, or if you're one of the millions suffering economic hardship, please know that you're in our prayers. Please know that you're not alone, because now's the time for all of us to help where we can and to be there for each other, as neighbors, as co-workers, and as fellow citizens. In fact, over the past weeks, we've seen plenty of examples of the kind of courage, kindness, and selflessness that we're going to need to get through one of the most difficult times in our history. Michelle and I have been amazed at the incredible bravery of our medical professionals who are putting their lives on the line to save others. The public servants and health officials battling this disease. The workers taking risks every day to keep our economy running. And everyone who's making their own sacrifice at home with their families, all for the greater good. But if there's one thing we've learned as a country from moments of great crisis, it's that the spirit of looking out for one another can't be restricted to our homes or our workplaces or our neighborhoods, or our houses of worship, it also has to be reflected in our national government. The kind of leadership that's guided by knowledge and experience, honesty and humility, empathy and grace. That kind of leadership doesn't just belong in our state capitals and mayor's offices. It belongs in the White House. And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for President of the United States. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made, and he became a close friend. And I believe Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now. He's someone whose own life has taught him how to persevere, how to bounce back when you've been knocked down. When Joe talks with parents who've lost their jobs, we hear the son of a man who once knew the pain of having to tell his children that he'd lost his. When Joe talks about opportunity for our kids, we hear the young father who took the train home each night so he could tuck his children into bed. And we hear the influence of Jill, a lifelong teacher. When Joe talks to families who've lost a hero, we hear another parent of an American veteran, a kindred spirit, somebody whose faith has endured the hardest loss there is. That's Joe. Through all his trials, he's never once forgotten the values or the moral fiber that his parents passed on to him and that made him who he is. That's what steals his faith in God, in America, and in all of us. That steal made him an incredible partner when I needed one the most. Joe was there as we rebuilt from the Great Recession and rescued the American auto industry. He was the one asking what every policy would do for the middle class and everyone's striving to get into the middle class. That's why I asked him to implement the Recovery Act, which saved millions of jobs and got people back on their feet. Because Joe gets stuff done. Joe helped me manage H1N1 and prevent the Ebola epidemic from becoming the type of pandemic we're seeing now. He helped me restore America's standing and leadership in the world on the other threats of our time, like nuclear proliferation and climate change. Joe has the character and the experience to guide us through one of our darkest times and heal us through a long recovery. 
And I know he'll surround himself with good people. Experts, scientists, military officials who actually know how to run the government and care about doing a good job running the government and know how to work with our allies and who will always put the American people's interests above their own. Now, Joe will be a better candidate for having run the gauntlet of primaries and caucuses alongside one of the most impressive democratic fields ever. Each of our candidates were talented and decent with a track record of accomplishment, smart ideas, and serious visions for the future. And that's certainly true of the candidate who made it farther than any other, Bernie Sanders. Bernie's an American original, a man who has devoted his life to giving voice to working people's hopes, dreams, and frustrations. He and I haven't always agreed on everything, but we've always shared a conviction that we have to make America a fairer, more just, more equitable society. We both know that nothing is more powerful than millions of voices calling for change. And the ideas he's championed, the energy and enthusiasm he inspired, especially in young people, will be critical in moving America in a direction of progress and hope. Because for the second time in 12 years, we'll have the incredible task of rebuilding our economy. And to meet the moment, the Democratic Party will have to be bold. You know, I could not be prouder of the incredible progress that we made together during my presidency. But if I were running today, I wouldn't run the same race or have the same platform as I did in 2008. The world is different. There's too much unfinished business for us to just look backwards. We have to look to the future. Bernie understands that, and Joe understands that. It's one of the reasons that Joe already has what is the most progressive platform of any major party nominee in history. Because even before the pandemic turned the world upside down, it was already clear that we needed real structural change. The vast inequalities created by the new economy are easier to see now, but they existed long before this pandemic hit. Health professionals, teachers, delivery drivers, grocery clerks, cleaners, the people who truly make our economy run, they've always been essential. And for years, too many of the people who do the essential work of this country have been underpaid, financially stressed, and given too little support. And that applies to the next generation of Americans. Young people graduating into unprecedented unemployment. They're going to need economic policies that give them faith in the future and give them relief from crushing student loan debt. So we need to do more than just tinker around the edges with tax credits or underfunded programs. We have to go further to give everybody a great education, a lasting career, and a stable retirement. We have to protect the gains we made with the Affordable Care Act, but it's also time to go further. We should make plans affordable for everyone, provide everyone with a public option, expand Medicare, and finish the job so that healthcare isn't just a right, but a reality for everybody. We have to return the U.S. to the Paris Agreement and lead the world in reducing the pollution that causes climate change. But science tells us we have to go much further, that it's time for us to accelerate progress 
on bold new green initiatives that make our economy a clean energy innovator, save us money, and secure our children's future. Of course, Democrats may not always agree on every detail of the best way to bring about each and every one of these changes. But we do agree that they're needed. And that only happens if we win this election. Because one thing everybody has learned by now is that the Republicans occupying the White House and running the U.S. Senate are not interested in progress. They're interested in power. They've shown themselves willing to kick millions off their health insurance and eliminate pre-existing condition protections for millions more, even in the middle of this public health crisis, even as they're willing to spend a trillion dollars on tax cuts for the wealthy. They've given polluters unlimited power to poison our air and our water and denied the science of climate change, just as they denied the science of pandemics. Repeatedly, they've disregarded American principles of rule of law and voting rights and transparency, basic norms that previous administrations observed regardless of party, principles that are the bedrock of our democracy. So our country's future hangs on this election, and it won't be easy. The other side has a massive war chest. The other side has a propaganda network with little regard for the truth. On the other hand, pandemics have a way of cutting through a lot of noise and spin to remind us of what is real and what is important. This crisis has reminded us that government matters. It's reminded us that good government matters, that facts and science matter, that the rule of law matters, that having leaders who are informed and honest and seek to bring people together rather than drive them apart those kind of leaders matter. In other words, elections matter. Right now, we need Americans of goodwill to unite in a great awakening against a politics that too often has been characterized by corruption, carelessness, self-dealing, disinformation, ignorance, and just plain meanness. And to change that, we need Americans of all political stripes to get involved in our politics and our public life like never before. For those of us who believe in building a more just, more generous, more democratic America, where everybody has a fair shot at opportunity, for those of us who believe in a government that cares about the many and not just the few, for those of us who love this country and are willing to do our part to make sure it lives up to its highest ideals. Now's the time to fight for what we believe in. So join us. Join Joe. Go to JoeBiden.com right now. Make a plan for how you are going to get involved. Keep taking care of yourself and your families and each other. Keep believing in the possibilities of a better world and I will see you on the campaign trail as soon as I can. Thanks.
used to spend my nights out in the boardroom. Liquor was the only love I'd known. But you rescued me from reaching for the bottom. Brought me back from being too far gone. Your right smooth, it's Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey. Oh, Tennessee 
You're listening to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100 with your host, Sean L. Let and tone the stone on STMK Radio 100. 100. 100. Okay, let's bring in the apparent Democratic nominee for president, former Vice President Joe Biden. Mr. Vice President, thank you for coming on the show this morning. We have a lot we want to ask you this morning. Joe and Willie will join in just a moment for questions on how you would handle this pandemic, the campaign, and other news of the day. But at the start, it's just going to be you and me. And I want to get right to the allegation made against you by Tara Reid. So the former Senate aide accuses you of sexual assault. And please, uh, to our viewers, please excuse the graphic nature of this, but I want to make sure that there is no question as to what we're talking about. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Hey, good evening and welcome. I'm your host, Sean L. You know, you just heard uh, former Vice President Joe Biden uh, give a statement to the accusation that he sexually assaulted a woman. And I want everybody to understand this. Former Vice President and now the presumptive Democrat 2020 presidential nominee, Joseph Biden, has been accused by Tyra Ray, a former staff assistant who worked 
in the, then the Senate office 27 years ago of sexual assault. And in an interview Friday morning with MSNBC, Mika Baginski, Biden said he is innocent. And he said, no, it never happened. Unequivocally, it was false. And I'm, I'm going to say I believe him, okay? And I'm going to say this for a reason. There's a lot of unanswered questions about this accusation, okay? I believe some of the accusations made against former uh, Democrat Senator Al Franklin, but I don't think Al Franklin should have gave a seat up for that picture that he took, okay? And everything about Bill Clinton is fair game. So I'm going to say that. It's fair game, okay? But he got impeached for having a sexual affair in the White House with a consenting adult, okay? But he lied about it in court, and he was held to that standard for lying to a grand jury. Something Trump has not been held to today. So I want to say this to all my trolls out there and all the Bernie bros and everybody else who's pushing this accusation out. We have not held Trump to any of these standards. We held Hillary to a standard, never heard of. Now we're trying to do the same thing to Biden. And I also know you might say this is uh, hypocritical, okay? Because I believe when Judge Burt Kavanaugh, accuser, Christina Ford, came out, I believe some of the things she said. Okay, I did. But I also believe that the Me Too movement has overstepped it a long way for one reason, okay? Look at Bill and, and, and some of the stuff that's going down. Now, some of the sexual predators has been caught. A lot of people's rights has been violated. Okay. I like, I, I'm just like former President, uh, Vice President Biden said. I believe that all women should come forward with their claims of sexual misconduct against anyone. You, you should uh, believe her, but then you should investigate and you should go through the vetting process to find out the truth. Almost overwhelmingly, majority of the victims' claims are true. Okay, but okay, you cannot just take a person's word for it. Somebody has to investigate this. Twenty-seven years ago, this is supposed to happen. Now you can't compare Kavanaugh's case with Biden's case. You can't compare. Uh, Weinstein case, you can't compare uh, R. Kelly case or uh, Bill Crosby case to uh, Joe Biden's case because nobody alleges Joe Biden did anything that violated the law or raped them. They said that they he made them feel uncomfortable by improperly touching them or doing something like stroking their hair or putting his arms on, on the thing, okay? But first, we got to look at everything. In 2016, Pe President Trump himself had a list of accusers against him, 25, brought in some of former Clinton's accusers to sit on a debate he was running against Hillary Clinton, the wife of the former president he said was had infidelities. OK, and certain team Trump members 
would be happy to have this claim by Tyra to be a distraction in the presidential campaign. But I don't think it's going to be one. And I don't think it's going to be one for one reason. Okay? You don't see President Trump harping on this claim. He said Joe Biden must answer the claim and he must talk about it. Okay? But why don't you see Trump attacking Biden like he did Hillary with her husband? Or weigh in on the topic more when uh, Ford made the uh, claim against Brett Kavanaugh, Trump came out publicly and denounced her and took her through the mud. And why haven't the media been jumping on this? Okay, I know why. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Tara Reedy is a bad and a witness and not credible. She's a bad and not credible witness. Period. She she lacks beliefs. She has told five different stories. Just go back to a year ago. I'm not even going to go back into the other ones, but just go back a year ago when Tara told a reporter that when she was a staff assistant in 1993, she said Biden touched her shoulders and neck in a way that made her feel uncomfortable. That was a year ago. Last month, that story changed to Biden sticking his hands under her skirt and forcefully penetrating her with his fingers into her vagina. Now, it takes a lot for a person to come forward and make this claim. Okay, so we cannot underestimate the claim that's being made. But my problem with this is, she claims she made a complaint to the Senate personnel office at the time. No one's been able to find that complaint. And although keep a copy of her employment record at that time, she didn't keep a copy of the complaint. Okay? So she had her resume and she had her employment records and she had all these files, but she didn't keep a copy of the complaint. Additionally, nobody can corroborate her claim. No one from the staff at the time, including the three people she named, Maureen Baker, Dennis Toner, and Ted Kaufman, all said she made no complaint to them at the time of this incident. Her brother changed his story and adding the facts and details of the claim she made when she changed her story to a a reporter. Now, we got to ask ourselves this right now, okay? Why is this being done? She can't remember no dates, times, or exact locations of the incident. She said that she was delivering a bag to Biden somewhere in the Capitol area, okay, according to the Washington Post. And that Biden pushed her up against the wall. And had his hand on her shoulders and stuff. Now I said this earlier. Okay. That everybody should take a rape accusation seriously. Okay. But I don't understand how a person. Who is claiming to be raped. By the former vice president. In 1993. 
didn't come up and say it in 1998, didn't come and say it in 2008, didn't come and say it in 2012 when he was running for VP at the time in heated elections. She praised him, her alleged assaulter. And I'm going to say this because I got the, the, the tweets and I got the video. She praised her alleged assaulter publicly. Praise Biden for his work on the Violence Against Women's Act when he passed it. And she did not, I'm going to repeat, she did not just one time, but on multiple occasions, she tweeted like even praising him more for his work to combat sexual assaults, taking care of women who was assaulted, being a fighter of women's rights. And now she's accusing him of rape. This is what she said in 2017. My old boss speaks the truth. Listen. Praise him. As a victim, I would never praise my attacker. What I would like to do to them is something straight out of a scene from The Sopranos. But I certainly would not appraise my attacker. Former BP Joseph Biden has requested the National Archives release the records. Just so you can know the truth. But see, it's much more than this. Okay? But hold on for a minute. Because I want you to listen to what Biden has to say. And then we're going to catch it on the backside. made against you by Tara Reid. So... The former Senate aide accuses you of sexual assault. And please, uh, to our viewers, please excuse the graphic nature of this, but I want to make sure that there is no question as to what we're talking about. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Now, everybody heard what Joe had to say. So there's no need to go into it. Here's the problem. And I want everybody to understand this. First, this happened in 1990. This was not an issue 15 years ago. It was not an issue, as I said, in 2008 and 2012 when he ran as Barack Obama, number two man, as the vice president of the United States. It was not an issue for more than seven years after he ran for vice president with Barack Obama of the United States. Now, everybody has to ask themselves these questions because things are not adding up. And when I say things are not adding up, they're not adding up at all, okay? She changed her story four times. When her story didn't get traction that she thought it was going to get. After Super Tuesday, it became a rape allegation. Now, 27 years later, as Biden's getting ready to be the nominee for president, he has already been in the second position, vice president, for eight years. It was okay. It, it was fine. But now that he's running against Bernie Sanders, and he's knocked Bernie Sanders out of the position of becoming the president nominee. Now her story changed that he's a rapist. 
and that he stuck his finger. I have a problem with it. And the problem is, I want to know why her story changed. Why is it now that Bernie's getting out of the race that she has that factor? Now, everybody need to think about that, okay? Because this is going to be something that we're going to be talking about day after day up until November. And we only got two choices, folks. Only two choices. Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Those are the only two players in the game. All the rest of that don't make no difference. That stuff that if you don't vote or you vote third party, you technically giving Donald Trump a vote. But guess what? You have the right to vote for whoever you want to vote for, do for whatever you want to do. But that is correct. If you vote third party or don't vote, yes, you technically giving Donald Trump the edge, okay? Because that's a vote not coming against him. That's what he wants you to do. He wants us to fight. He wants us to be divided. He wants people to sit here. I'm talking to the masses right now. We're going to go to the telephone. We're going to talk about some things for free for all. And we, we're going to let the, the people on the uh, phone lines tell how they feel. Okay. Coming up later uh, from South Dakota, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She's going to be telling us what's happening with the COVID-19. South Dakota Voices for Justice is the organization coming up on the show. I'm sitting in the studio right now, including Ohio by myself, Sean Hale, Tony Stone, and everybody else. You know we have to do uh, social distancing is uh, not with us. Uh, uh, we talked about Joe Biden. You listened to his statement. You listen to why he want to run for to be your president. You heard him say that. But I want everybody to sit back for a minute. I want you to think about what's going to happen in 2020. You know, and before we uh, do that, we take a break. We want to take a minute to remember... A couple of months ago, uh, before this COVID-19 stuff started, uh, NBA Los Angeles Lakers lost a great legend, Kobe Bryant. Uh, they had his memorial, and we want to remember him. So sit back for a minute. We're going to go uh, remember the legend, Kobe Bryant of the LA Lakers and then we're going to go pay some bills and we're going to be right back Like I'm all alone. 
Lord, I need to talk to you. Lord, I need to talk to you. Give me one word with you. After we talk, I won't worry at all. Upon a time, there was a young basketball player who had dreams of becoming one of the greatest basketball players of all time. After we talk, I won't worry. 17 years old, the hunger and the motivation and the desire to be the best possible basketball player that I could be. I have decided to skip college and take my time to the NBA. The successful I've become Lord. Sense of purpose. No, a sense of purpose was there ever since I was a kid. I knew exactly. I, I felt like I knew what God put me on this earth to do. At least play the game of basketball. I just love the same. Once I came to the NBA, I looked around. I saw all the guys that weren't working as much as I was. Then I started to understand that. You know, how I went about it is hard work. To me, it was just, I just love what I do, so I want to do it as much as possible. Lord, I need to talk to you. Give me one word with you. After we talk, I won't worry at all. Lord, I need to talk to you. Give me one word with you. After we talk, I won't worry at all. The successful I become, Lord. The more I feel alone, the higher I climb this mountain. The faster they wanna see me fall. No one to talk to. Lord, I need to talk to you Give me one word with you After we talk, I won't worry at all Lord, I need to talk to you Give me one word with you After we talk I won't worry at all Lord, I'm down on no, my knees Gonna be okay Begging you, please Gonna be okay Just talk to me, Lord It's gonna be okay Cause I'm going through some hard times, Lord It's gonna be okay Feel like I have no friends It's gonna be okay And bills that are only Word with you. After we talk, I won't.
listening to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100. STMK Radio 100. 100. 100. Hacking charges. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. Four members of the Chinese People's Liberation Army are facing hacking charges in the U.S. For breaking into the computer systems of the credit reporting agency Equifax and for stealing the sensitive personal information of nearly half of all American citizens. Attorney General William Barr says this was one of the largest data breaches in history. The hackers obtained the names, birth dates, and social security numbers of nearly 150 million Americans and the driver's licenses of approximately 10, of at least 10 million Americans. The Obama administration in 2014 charged five Chinese military hackers with breaking into the networks of major American corporations to siphon trade secrets. China reported a rise in new coronavirus cases. China's leader, wearing a mask, visited a community health center in Beijing, had his temperature taken, and expressed thanks to the health workers there. I'm Ed Donahue. Hey, I'm Andy, and I started Harry's, the shaving company that's fixing shaving. At Harry's, we keep it simple. We make sharp, durable blades and offer them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We obsess over quality so much that we do crazy things, like buy a German razor blade factory. So give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for only three bucks with free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter five at checkout. That's harrys.com, code five. What's up, y'all? I'm Sharita Cherry from High Atlanta. And to all my hairstylists out there, I listen to STMK Radio 100. In High Atlanta, we listen to STMK Radio 100. California, we listen to STMK Radio 100. This is Cassie Hawthorne from sunny California, and I listen to STMK Radio 100. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 on Facebook Live. Christina and Savannah. I listen to STMK Radio 100 on my way home from work every Thursday. They keep it 100. Far too many of us want to throw in the towel before we've thrown up the prayers. Dr. Tony Evans says Christians have a habit of underusing or overlooking our most valuable spiritual resource. Grace is available, but only at the throne, and you can only approach the throne through prayer. You can deepen your connection with the Lord through our in-depth course on Kingdom Prayer at the Tony Evans Training Center. You'll discover how God has wired the world to work by prayer and experience for yourself how it connects heaven with earth and time with eternity. You'll not only gain a new understanding and appreciation for prayer, you'll actually pray in transforming ways you've never experienced before. 
The course is intense, but you can work through it at your own pace and get all the help you need through our online forum. And, of course, there's custom content from Tony not available anywhere else. Connect with the Tony Evans Training Center at TonyEvans.org. It's like having a seminary on your smartphone or other device. Start today. TonyEvans.org. Set 
stop the madness. Keep it 100. The best talk show on the web is here on STMK Radio 100 with your hosts, Sean L, Let, and Tone the Stone. Come join us from 6 to 8 p.m. Mondays through Fridays. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 with live call-ins, heated discussions about current events, politics, national news, weather, and sports. Join our live online chat room and let your opinion show. Download our phone app. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 on STMK Radio 100. Come join us from 6 to 8 p.m. Mondays through Fridays. The best talk show on the web is here on STMK Radio 100. Call us at 1-866-484-7865. That's 1-866-484-STMK. Stop the madness. Keep it 100. Don John, the freshest in the world. what's right helping out when things go wrong raising our voices alone or together not just breaking news but breaking barriers fighting for victory on the battlefield and on the playing field seeing the world through new eyes 
and the earth for miles above. Redefining beauty, brains, and what it really means to be queen. Making ourselves heard on stage and on screen. Showing the way in Silicon Valley and showing up for others wherever help is needed most. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Hey, 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 welcome back to the second hours. I'm your host, Chanel. Well, stop the madness. Keep it 100. Hey, I want to thank everybody for being with us the first hour and everything. In the second hour, you know, uh, we was going, we're working on the phone lines. There's some problems with it. We ended six chat rooms. We're talking with a lot of people. Everybody is really talking about Joe Biden. And there's a lot of Trump supporters in the chat room. Okay. And I want to say this to them is that you wasn't upset when all this stuff Trump did having sex with porn stars and paying them off, having a pregnant wife at home, committing adultery and all that. But you really got an opinion about Joe Biden. You lost your standards of, of the Bible thumpers. Okay. You lost that standard. Okay. You no longer have morals. Okay. You gave them up in 2016, 2017, 2018. I don't want to hear about law and order. You gave that up. Okay. The double standards. You gave that up. Period. But right now, of uh, South Dakota Voices for Justice in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, where the Smithfield meat plant is, and there are 1,900 cases of COVID-19, and 1,800 people have been diagnosed with COVID-19 in the city. Talk about what's happening on the ground here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It has just been devastating um, to our immigrant and refugee communities who the union has said makes up about 80% of the Smithfield um, processing plant employees here in Sioux Falls. Um, what we've learned from this, and I hope people will really, really think about, is that in order to keep our production lines open and safe all the way down to the pigs and the pig farmers and the dairy farmers, we must protect our workers in the plants and in the fields because without the people, the work cannot get done. And that's something we continue to advocate for here in Sioux Falls and now across the country. As, as you mentioned, we're seeing these hot spots develop in these processing centers. I think, you know, we've seen the reports nationwide of the racial disparity and it's the impact um, on communities of color that the virus has. But I think what's fascinating is that even in a state where it's 85 percent white, that those numbers are, are true here also. Um, our, you know, our communities are going through so much trauma, um, especially our Smithfield worker community. We've had at least two deaths that we know of. Um, uh, of Smithfield employees and hundreds of more uh, people who have been contracted the virus because of exposure to a family member who is a Smithfield worker. Um, you know, we unfortunately in South Dakota is an English only state as well, which has meant that the government does not translate, our state government, our city, our county governments do not translate any information in any other language but English. 
And so just in every, at every level, this is really systemic um, racism and discrimination that we're seeing being played out in our communities of color. And coincidentally, we, we are one of the only states that does not have a shelter-in-place order. Um, and our city council is deciding whether we should be opening up and rearing for business as we haven't even reached our peak yet here in the, the largest and most diverse county in the state, which is Minnehaha. As communities of color, we are really feeling like there is no one listening to us and no one standing up for us. As community advocates, we can go so far and we will continue to push for our elected officials to make the right decisions, but our elected officials are not taking this as seriously as we need them to be. Um, the employer is not taking this seriously. Um, and so, you know, we feel really stuck in terms of, it really feels like a battle of we're in it for ourselves and whoever's the strongest is gonna literally live, live through this or die through this. Um, I would add also that for me, a shelter in place order protects essential workers, protects, protect, gives us a clear signal on what it means to just stay inside our home. But it also protects those workers that are being forced by their employer to go to work because there is no shelter in place, even though they're not essential employers. So in our community, pretty much everyone's open for business. Um, the recommendation being six feet apart and so on and so forth. Our restaurants are only takeout right now. There's no dine-in. But everything else, I mean, think about any other business is open. And we've gotten calls from people who are not essential workers, who employers have not allowed them to work from home, who are saying, what can we do? Well, you can't quit because then you don't qualify for unemployment assistance. And if you haven't tested positive or have the symptoms for COVID, then you don't apply you know, you're not eligible for pandemic assistance under the CARES Act. So you really, even non-essential workers in states that do not have shelter-in-place orders are, are being forced to make that same choice that essential workers are across the country. That executive order is a big blow to workers. I mean, it's just another signal that what really matters to this administration is business and not people. Um, and coincidentally, when you see the racial disparity numbers again, what also doesn't matter are people of color to this administration. And so that's playing out through this virus right now. Um, the CDC and the State Health Department did a walkthrough and a report of Smithfield here in Sioux Falls and provided 13 pages of amazing recommendations. If implemented, we would feel confident that it was a safe environment for workers to go back to. But we all know the CDC does not have enfor enforcement mechanism. Actually, no one has an enforcement mechanism right now in place to these CDC guidelines. And so that's where we see um, greedy employers and vulnerable workers really caught. Um, and that's why, you know, we as South Dakota Voices for Justice have written a letter to the governor, including 50 local organizations and individuals to meet with us and to finally sit down with the people because she's been meeting with the employer and business leaders, but not actually people who have been directly impacted by this virus.
and their advocate. So we're asking for her to meet with us so we can really talk about, so she can hear firsthand from Smithfield employees the trauma that they're going through right now because of an unsafe working condition. So the majority of the Smithfield employees, these folks are living paycheck to paycheck and there's no one else gonna hire them right now, right? So they need that paycheck. They need to have a job. They're hard workers. A lot of them take great pride in being an essential worker and providing food on American tables across the country and even around the world. But some of them are feeling like they don't have any options. You know, some may be privileged enough to say, I'm in a position where I don't need to go back to this job, but that's not the majority of the workers at Smithfield. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, again, if you look at the CDC recommendations for Smithfield, um, it's the actual working conditions inside the four walls that make it susceptible for such a virulent spread of the disease, of the virus. And so workers have explained that when they come into work, they go to their locker rooms, put on their, you know, put on their coats and their gear that they have to wear, but they're like shoulder to shoulder in the locker rooms. Um, the union has mentioned that this is a hundred year old building, it has super narrow staircases, really small, lots of small rooms for breaks and lunches and so on. So the building is just not equipped almost to be operated according to CDC guidelines of standing six feet apart. Um, I've read several reports now that show that production has increased so much over the last uh, decade um, that it's impossible for people to sit uh, be more than a couple inches apart so they can meet their quotas that they're demanded to meet. So the industry itself has to change to protect workers. And it will be just a matter of days to see how Smithfield is going to do that because their shutdown ended yesterday. Um, they were going to be shut down for two weeks with pay. Um, and we're starting to receive some reports from employees that they're getting texts to come back to work starting next week. Um, and at this point, we are not sure what enforcement mechanism there is. Um, clearly, Smithfield does not deserve good faith in, in knowing that they haven't done this in the past and, you know, are probably not equipped to have turned it around so quickly to follow CDC guidelines. Our organization has spearheaded a coalition and we have put together an emergency relief fund for immigrants. And you can find that fund on the South Dakota Community Foundation website and just type in Emergency Immigrant Relief Fund. Um, our, you know, our state is very anti-immigrant, anti-refugee, anti-undocumented people. I mean, we were just fighting bills in our state capitol because they didn't want to allow uh, refugees into our state anymore. They didn't want to allow undocumented students to have the right to higher education. So for a fund like this in our state is really groundbreaking where it might not be in New York City or Chicago, for example. Um, the other thing I would say you can do is to pressure our governor to take more action to one of the asks that we have in our letter is to give the South Dakota State Health Department authority to enforce the CDC guidelines. We need an enforcement mechanism. Otherwise, recommendations have no teeth. Um, so you can call the governor's office and pressure her to do that. And lastly, this comes down to elections. This is an election year, and this is a, a first-hand, true example 
of how elections could be a matter of life and death, uh, depending on what the moral values of the candidates are and if they value people's lives over big business. We're going to open up the phone lines and let's get it on. Have you or a loved one used Roundup Weed Killer and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? You may be entitled to compensation. Call 1-800-497-5770. In an August 9th, 2019 Bloomberg News story, it was reported that Bayer AG is proposing to pay as much as $8 billion to settle more than 18,000 lawsuits, alleging its Roundup Weed Killer was responsible for the plaintiff's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Strict deadlines may apply, so call 1-800-497-5770. That's 1-800-497-5770 for a free case review today. When backyard fun and the sun moves indoors for game day watch parties and family get-togethers, you know fall is finally here. Make sure your home is all set to impress with SelectBlinds.com. Interior designers agree that one of the easiest ways to improve your home's appearance is by upgrading your old blinds, shades, and shutters. Select Blinds makes ordering blinds online simple and easy. Select and order high-quality, easy-to-install blinds, shades, and shutters today. Select Blinds takes the guesswork out of ordering blinds online by offering high-quality blinds for an unbelievable price. Read more than 300,000 reviews from 1 million happy customers at SelectBlinds.com. It's easy to see why they've been featured on TLC, HGTV, and Netflix. To get the best deals on blind shades and shutters, shop today at SelectBlinds.com. Remember to mention our show at checkout using the drop-down menu. Let SelectBlinds.com upgrade your home today. SelectBlinds.com. Hey America, Tom Patterson here, founder and CEO of Tommy John. And I'm proud to say we've upgraded over 1 million customers' lives with our revolutionary underwear brand. At Tommy John, we are big on comfort. Did you know that 75% of men and women are unsatisfied with their underwear? That's just crazy. Now how about this? This number, 8 million. That's the number of pairs of Tommy John underwear we've sold, and it's growing. With 96% of our customers rating us four stars or greater, we know we're making a difference. The stats don't lie. With our revolutionary underwear, the legs never ride up, the waistband never rolls down, and it's impossible to get a wedgie. Our horizontal quick draw fly has been proven to save men over 217 unfurling minutes a year. We've got 750 products online for men and women, such as super soft loungewear, new polo shirts, and more. If you prefer to shop in stores, you can find us in over 1,200 retail locations across the country, including Nordstrom stores nationwide. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Use code INFO at TommyJohn.com now to save 20% on your first order. That's INFO for 20% off at TommyJohn.com. When you own a small business, you have to work fast and stay flexible. Now there's a way to get business funding that's as fast and as flexible as you are. Cabbage. With Cabbage, you can apply online for a line of credit in minutes, and you'll get a decision quickly. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need now, up to $250,000, and withdraw more funds whenever you need to buy inventory, hire more staff, or manage cash flow. You'll only pay for the funds you actually use. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and has helped businesses access over $7 billion of capital. Finally, there's a faster, more flexible way to fund your business. Cabbage. Go to cabbage.com to get started. That's K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com. Cabbage.com. Credit line subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital or separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC. STMK Radio 100. 100. Hey, hey, let's go to the phone lines and see what you got to say about what's going on. 
here in Studio 51. Sean L's holding the fort down tonight. We got Kevin calling from Maryland. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, I'm calling because I thought it was against the law to take girls into a good building. I was, that's not, I was very surprised about that. But then I used to live in Saginaw. I lived there for almost seven years. So I am familiar with Michigan. No, 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 no. It's it's not against the law in Michigan to carry an assault rifle or a white rifle onto government property. Okay. In in Ohio, it's against the law to go into certain public uh, buildings and, and uh, stuff like that, but not Michigan. Okay. So everybody got to understand where you at. Michigan and Texas is not like that. Okay. But if it was some black males. We know that the law will be changed right now, okay, because they did it in Los Angeles and California, I mean, in Sacramento, California, when the Black Panthers walked into the state house when Ronald Reagan was uh, governor at the time, and they changed the law, okay? So you have to understand it uh, like that, that if those was black males carrying assault rifles, that would never happen like that. Now, you have to understand that these people that are out here protesting, carrying these weapons, these are not protesters for the COVID-19 open things back up. This is a staged political rally by the Republicans and Trump, period. You say people had nothing to say with uh, the water crisis is going on, but now they're all upset. Now, you have to understand this, uh, Kevin. They do not care about Flint because they don't live in Flint, okay? Flint, Michigan, nobody cares about. We couldn't even get money for Flint, Michigan to fix the water. They still ain't got the pipes fixed. But big businesses got bailed out. There's been stimulus money given, okay? And Flint still is looking for water. Caller number two on the phone with us. From Jacksonville, Florida, we got Al. Al, what are you doing about your state opening back up and your governor turning a blind eye on all the deaths in your state to give Trump something that he can hang his hat on for the uh, 2020 election? Uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, I wrote letters to uh, uh, the governor. Uh, Congressman, even, even the mayor expressing uh, concern regarding the fact that uh, there's a lack of testing in our community, and we are the ones uh, uh, after America should be, be the ones uh, most affected when it comes to the death rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I started that and just kind of keep and helping keep people informed about what's going on. Al, are you uh, staying in or? or- are you following the lockdown? Uh, well, not, you don't have a lockdown order, but are you staying in and are you following it? Uh, I'm just one of the essential workers, but outside of work, I, I go home. I don't, I, other than the grocery store, <laughs> that's the only trip I make. So I, I'm staying home. Jason, calling from Columbus, Ohio. He's a member of the Progressive Party. Go ahead, Jason. What you What you want to tell us tonight? Yes, sir. Um, I, 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 makes me angry when um, I see these big uh, corporations asking the government to bail them out. Aren't they, aren't, aren't corporations required to have rainy day funds and, and for instances and cases like this when 
something that economy goes bad. Now, Jason, we should do what the European European model and countries did, okay? And that was any company that got money had to use it for the workers, period, okay? They had to use that money for their workers. No stock buybacks, no company investments, no CEO bonuses getting paid, okay? They had to pay for the salaries of their employees, and they had to pay for the health care. That was it. The money had to go for the employees. And they should have to pay it back. See, they got the big tax break. They got the big bailout over the trade wars. And the little mans are left out. And this will continue to happen until we, the people, vote them out. The poor people have to rise up and say no more. We must vote like our lives depend on it. I say that all the time because it really does. Uh, people take the 2020 election and they take elections for granted. But everybody needs to understand elections have consequences. You took the words right out of my mouth, sir. You took the words right out of my mouth. Have a good day, sir. Russell out of Texas. Good evening. Hey, go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, we have to understand that uh, you made the reference to eugenics. Uh, the American Eugenics Society is actually the program that hit the use of the template uh, for his uh, experiment. So, uh, social Darwinism is a part of the fabric of America. And that's just the way it is. See, that's Darwinism. And, and, and I want to say this this is very dangerous. See, people think and practice this, and people think that this is, is something that is not happening right now, but they're doing it right up under our nose, okay? Socialism, communism is, is happening around us every day, okay? Capitalism is, is good, but everybody don't know the, the difference. Socialism is when your kids set the house on fire and the fire department comes and put the fire out, okay? And then the insurance company, that's socialism. And capitalism is when the insurance company refuse to pay your premium because your kids set the house on fire. Now, what everybody has to understand this is that this goes back to 1836, the Bacon Rebellion. And this is why my listeners right now have to start Googling and, and get on their smartphones and find out what's going on with the Bacon Rebellion and everything else. Because we try to educate on Stop the Madness, Keep It 100. Is that when you look at this, there's people who really wants to turn back the clock. But they're becoming the minorities now. Okay, they want to turn things back. They don't care when you see people standing at state houses with guns talking about a a, a virus that are killing people right now. Over 63,000 Americans have died in less than 120 days. Okay, it's nothing like the flu. When you see this, okay. They're not protesting no virus. 
They're not protesting because the United States haven't got the testing or, or they forgot to come out and, 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 and be prepared. They're talking about opening up, putting your family at risk, putting us back out here. Okay? Now, everybody has their opinion. If you like Donald Trump or, or you love Donald Trump, you got your opinion. Donald Trump making jokes and stuff about shooting bleach in your thing, and we got people around here taking bleach and disinfecting. But everybody thinks it's funny. It's not funny, especially when it hits home to you. These people carrying these guns, talking about white power, white nationalists, they don't like Jews. They don't like blacks. They don't like certain ethnic groups and people of color. Okay? They don't like law enforcement. Okay? So you can be a white law enforcement officer. You can be a white nationalist white law enforcement officer. When you run into one of these little certain groups that don't like the government or want to put us back in anarchy, guess what? You are enemy of the state. They don't care. Everybody has to understand that. We're in this boat together. Okay? Then, people in the chat room and my emails come up and people want to say, Oh, Sean, you talking racist. No, I'm not talking racist. Okay? I'm keeping it real. You go up into the upper part of Michigan. Okay? You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You go into Florida. We got these stand your ground laws. Okay, classic example. Here's a black man jogging in Georgia. Okay, another Trayvon Martin case. Jogging in Georgia, minding his own business. Three people see a black man jogging through their subdivision. They grab guns and come out and automatically say he breaking in houses. Now. Where's his right to protect himself when they come up and, 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 and stop him? He didn't commit no crime, okay? But the minute that he goes to defend himself, he gets killed. And the first thing everybody say, well, he's the aggressor. How am I the aggressor and you come up on me with weapons? Okay? This is why we got to vote, people. This is why we got to stop the craziness. Here go a man jogging in his own neighborhood, and he gets stopped by three armed men, and they grabbing on him, and he goes to take the gun from one of them to defend himself, and they kill him, and they're not facing a day in jail. Okay? We have to vote. We have to stop these unjust laws that's on the books. We have to understand that there are people that's practicing to take us back to pre-Civil War days, okay? And for what people don't understand that is, that is talking about back to slavery or days of indentured servants. It's not a joke. We have to start looking at our own economic future, building up our communities, building up our schools, Teaching our kids to get education and to take care of themselves and the village taking care of everything. Because guess what? We take our dollars out of our communities into the suburbs. And the suburbs take our money and build up their communities. 
Then we give our dollars to the people that is in our communities. And at the end of the night, they take our dollars out of our community into the suburbs and build up those communities. We have to start building our own community up and having everything here with us. And until we do that, we're going to have that problem. But Russell, are you from Texas or are you calling from Texas? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm from Texas. I, I'm calling from Texas. I'm from Texas. The phone lines are, uh, uh, have went down and, and they tied up and went down right now. So uh, they're working on them. We're going to try to get some more callers in. I want everybody, you know, I, I, I'm sitting in the studio by myself. Uh, it's late. And I want everybody that's listening to me and everything, and I know we've been talking a lot, and I want you to think about this. We are not in normal times. When I talked about Joe Biden, I want you to understand this. The choice is clear, and it's clear to me. It should be clear to everybody. Trump has to go. The Senate has to go. We have to vote him out. And we have to bring order back to what's going on. Now, next week, I'm going to get Tony Stone and all of them going to be back with in the studio. Hopefully, we can get back to a little bit normal something. Because there's a lot of issues going on that we need to talk about. There's a lot of uh, death around us. Uh, there's food problems. And if you listen to us when we talk to... The uh, meat plant about the when we talked about the meat plant and you listen to us when we uh, had the member of uh, South Dakota voice voices for justice in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, on the air just before this. If you listen to her, this is very serious. And everybody need to take this serious, and you need to vote. And I'm your host, Shanell. Until next time, see ya. Man, this big, big, I can't lose. Chicken bottle down, I'm the next to lose. But I'ma stay on the coup. Remain on the under, cause like under 3,000, your boy's ice cold. Ain't no limit to the gimmicks and ways to make money. No limit to the just to act funny when you get that cake, cause you spit that way. They may love you tomorrow when they hit you today. But yo, that's the way the story goes. So I was told, follow from the rebel down the yellow big road. People are leaving the end, ain't no pride to go. Just a black and beast when they leave the streets.
listening to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100 on STMK Radio 100.